how can I share my reflections in a good way that they are more acceptable? Welcome to the Power Hour. This is your Power Hour where you can discover something. Perhaps in this Power Hour you can discover something that you already are doing and get the confidence of doing something really good. Perhaps in this Power Hour you have an idea about something you could start doing. Or could it be that in this Power Hour you notice something that you could be doing a little better. Maybe in this power hour, you discover what is holding you back and you have a breakthrough and start doing something totally differently. This is your power hour with me, your host, Coach Colin, and I am your skipper on your journey in mastering your leadership. Could it be that sometimes you have made observations and you would like to share them and maybe you have the impression that sometimes those reflections that you would like to share, they're not really so welcome, but you feel they're so very important and you really would want to be better at sharing reflections so that they become acceptable and the people really appreciate the input that you give. This is one of the key questions that we are confronted with as leaders when we go around the organization, when we sit in workshops, when we see how people operate because we would like to share our reflections. And the key question for today is, how can I share reflections in a good way that they are more acceptable? Wouldn't that be a great idea? Wouldn't that be a great skill to have? In this Power Hour, we're going to start with a short overview of the power to perform so that you can have an idea which skills you want to master to be successful. And then we will have a look into the core elements of reflections. And after a short break, we will deep dive into one tool that you're going to use very frequently around sharing reflections. So... Let's have a look at the power to perform. How do you master your skills for success? And of course, you know that everything that you want to master, everything you want to be great at, you're going to start about the vision and the goals. That is really where it starts, right? That is where you create the ideas of what is going to be in the future. And the next thing that comes to your mind when you talk about visions and goals is, of course, the fact that you think about the strategies and the priorities, how you're going to do these things, which is quite natural. And what is a plan of priorities and what is a strategy if there's no action, which is obviously the third skill that you want to master, which is about the actions and the coaching. And finally, what is success if you can't see the progress? What is success if you don't really reach it? So you want to have a look at the results and the reviews. These are the four master skills, the visuals, the strategy and the priority, the actions and the coaching, the results and the reviews. And of course, you'll say, well, I do a lot of these things. 
I'm quite confident that you're doing a lot of these things. Totally true. But would it be worthwhile to just be a little better? So this season 2018, these power hours are around the power to perform because this is about creating a bold vision so that everybody can follow and buy in. It's about creating and checking your work blueprint to make sure that the strategy that you want to implement really works because the people are working in a certain way and you want to compare where they are today in relationship to your strategy blueprint. You want to coach the people to change their plans so that they actually do things in a different way. And finally, you want to conduct fast reviews so that you very quickly get the idea of what is really happening and how you are progressing towards the goals that you have set up. Today in particular, we're going to take a deep dive around the section of discovering your work blueprint. And the work blueprint is actually a concept that allows you to compare where you are today and where you want to be in relationship to a blueprint. And the steps that you want to take is the workshop. Yeah, you want to execute a workshop so you can do this comparison. And in that comparison, of course, you're going to make observations. And when you have done observations, you want to reflect around these observations with your team. And you want to take key steps forward. You want to take key actions. So before we take a deep look into the reflection section today, Let's just step back and take another look at what was that about observations? Because we don't want to get this muddled. It's very important to connect the two phases of observations and reflections because there are two steps that go back to back, but yet they're totally different. So let's have a look at what it takes to, in a short summary, what it takes to be best at observations. And to be best at observations, let's take a look at the core of observations. You're going to choose your perspective. Remember, if you listened to the previous Power Hour, choosing your perspective is about choosing what really needs to improve in the, in, from the impact areas on the result. Then, of course, you go in and you obtain the best observations because you are going to be there to be the best observer in that moment. And then, of course, you're going to review your observations because you're going to reconnect them to the priorities that you have, the goals that you want to achieve, so that you can have a better idea of where, you know, where the performance is already there and where you might identify some gaps. And when the performance is already there, you want to elaborate on the good behavior so that you underline those points where you know that people are already doing the good things because Nothing is going to be more motivating for your people to feel that they're already nearly there, they're already doing a lot of things. And in detail, the tools that we have to offer there for you are very useful and very pragmatic, and they even work in the field. So you can think about introducing field observations. Wouldn't that be great? Having tools so that you can, when you do ride-alongs with your team, when you're sitting in a meeting, or you're invited to be, you know, on a joint visit, you actually can use the same tools in the field. So let's have a look what these tools are. First of all, of course, you want to choose your perspective and choose your perspective. Remember again, the analogy about baking croissants, 
What is the perspective of your croissant? How good is your croissant at the end of the week, at the end of the month? And which part do you need to improve? That is where your decision is going to be. Then you're going to observe as much as you can. And for that, we have observation lists where you write down on one side what was your employee doing and the other side what was their partner doing. And you write down as many words as you can, as many elements of the conversations and the conclusion that were made because this is the protocol of the observation. This is your lifeline for any reflection that you're going to do. This is your document like a video camera documenting what has happened in writing. And then when you have done that, then you reconnect out of your notes what was really important. And for that, you bring back your impact areas, those areas that impact the result. And you take a closer look at, well, what was really then achieved? What was or what is already in place? And which are the gaps that you might want to improve? based on your observation. And to do that transition, we, um, we have reflection checklists, which allow you to check every phase, every performance step in achieving the different impact areas. And the first thing that you would want to do when you do those um, transition between your observation and the reflection into the reflection checklist, you would want to elaborate what was good the good behavior, to see how it impacts on the results. Because then it's much easier for a team to bring in additional behavior. So you will go through the checklists and you will choose which one of those reflection checklists is more suitable depending on the perspective you have chosen. And you start completing these. And in the future, you might use be using these reflection checklists even as a communication, as, as the benchmark for the people so that they can see exactly what is expected for them. And that is part of really getting the team to understand what are you looking for when you start sharing these checklists in, and making it more apparent for them what the blueprint is all about. And when you've done that, now you're ready to work on the reflections. Because the key question again was, how can I share my reflections in a good way that they are more acceptable? So that means you have done all that observation before and you have done your conclusions out of the observations, which means you have been using the checklists, the reflection checklists, you have been transferring your observations into the areas where it really matters. So what is then really the reflection about? Have you thought about that? What is a reflection really? A reflection is giving something back like a thought or a consideration that is relevant to learn or adapt to. So you already you realize that is it is something that you want to give back, something from you as much as a reflection, a mirror, something that they can consider and that something is relevant in relationship to the goals, in relationship to what they want to achieve. And let's stand there for a moment and think about, if you think about reflections, what's going around your head? What are your thoughts? So let's collect a few thoughts here 
around, hmm, what do you want to consider before you share your reflection? And I give you a few moments to think about that. And I seriously mean, just think about, or even take a piece of paper and write down the following question. Answers to the following question. What do you want to consider before you share your reflection? And I give you a few moments to think about that. to consider before you share your reflection. The things that go through people's head are quite a number of things here and very quickly when you start doing the list you think about oh it's going to be about judgment. It um, Perhaps I should have a good reasoning. Perhaps on your list um, you've noted you want to have some facts in place. That would be great. Of course you want to have that as well. And Perhaps there should be some priority out of this discussion. What is more important than other things? Do you have on your list that you should have an agreement or acceptance? Perhaps you've already, you've been thinking about something like you should be giving feedback. Or feedback, perhaps creating an insight. Would that be on your list? I'm quite sure you've been thinking about creating a plan there should be some improvement. What about actions? I'm quite sure you put actions on your list or perhaps there should be some change out of this. All these points are part of creating a reflection and all these parts we are going to consider when we are going to give reflections, which is totally correct. So let's have a look at then what are the core steps of doing this reflection. And when you look at the core steps, you might be surprised because there might be some surprising areas where you thought, I didn't know that this would be part of reflection or this would be a way to start around the reflection. That is why it's important to take a closer look to what is the core of reflections and to be able to spend a moment around this side. Let's write C-O-R-E on the left-hand side of your paper, the core of reflection. On the top you can put the headline, reflections, the core of reflections. So let's have a look at what that means. Because when you know what the core of reflection, the steps to the core of reflections are, then you'll have a guideline, a step-by-step process, how you want to run that conversation so that you feel that your reflections and your thoughts actually have much more value and they become accepted. Isn't that what we all want? So what are the core, what is the core of reflections? The first C stands for congratulate on good behavior. That might be surprising at the beginning. I mean, you've got all these ideas of improvements and judgments and feedback and things that have to be better and planning and actions and congratulate on good behavior. Why would you want to start there? Put yourself into the situation that the other person is sitting in front of you 
you have been observing a conversation, you have been observing a workshop, you have been observing a meeting, a joint visit, whatsoever, and you've put them in front of you and told them, I'm going to share my observations. How do they feel? Can you... Could they feel a little anxious? Could they feel that they're going to be judged? They might think that you're going to have a list of five points you have to do better, criticism, all these points. And do you think that this conversation is going to go well when you start off, when the other person starts off with that element of anxiety? I don't think so. So the first thing that you want to do is really congratulate them on good behavior. You can pinpoint certain things that you observed that would make them feel that they have done the right thing. Wouldn't that be great if they had the feeling that, you know, the first impression that you had on that conversation would be positive? Just imagine that. And it doesn't mean that there's only one thing. No, out of your preparation, out of your conclusions out of the observations you might have been taking three key behaviors where you say you know what i congratulate to this type of behavior because it really shows me that you are already at a level of professionalism that we need in our teams what they need in our meetings that we need in our conversations and look this is what i noted what you did and this is actually the impact that I saw then on that meeting. And that is why you already get results that you are getting today, which is absolutely truthful because everybody is achieving a certain amount of results and you want to find out, you want to give them the confidence why they're achieving those results. Because when you can create that confidence in the people that they know, if I do X, then I get more of M. That is what they want to do more. So when they're sitting in front of the customer, when they're sitting in the meeting, they want to be reminded of, I want to do more of X because then I get more of the result I want to have. Because one of the deepest feelings that we have is being uncertain. The deepest fears that we have is being uncertain. Uncertain situations where we don't really know the outcome. Uncertain in situations where we don't really know how the other person is going to react. Uncertain situations where we don't really know how everybody else is going to behave. And, okay, yes, these are situations that happen in business all the time. Because you're sitting in meetings, you've got an end goal, you don't know how to get there. You're sitting in front of the customer, you've got an end goal because you want to have business, but you don't know whether the customer is going to give it to you. There's so much uncertainty lingering around in your, in, in your, in your day-to-day business life. Wouldn't it be great to have a certain amount of certainty back through somebody congratulating you on excellent, on good behavior so that you know where your safe ground is. That is where we want to start. And that is where you want to start with your preparation, with your conversation, around the reflections, so that you can congratulate the people and saying, you did great, and this is why I think you did great, because this is what I saw, and this is what the effect was. And then, of course, the people in front of you, they'll already feel, wow, great, I didn't know I was doing these things. Now, 
I know some of you might be thinking, but wait a second, nothing, not all is perfect. What about the other things? Well, how would you address those then? That is where we come to the next point, the O. Oh, yes, exactly. That's the other point. Because sometimes you might think, hmm, something was missing. But are you really 100% certain that you noted everything in your observation? Can you really guarantee, hands on heart, say, this is the way it happened? Come on, we all make mistakes. We all miss something. Even if we take as many notes as we can, they're still our personal reflections. So I can't just bounce out onto the other person on right onto the table and say, you didn't ask that question in that situation. You should have done something else. I have to tread a little softly. And that is why I can open the situation that I want to talk about a little more because I can I can bring about a situation. It could be current out of that observation that you made. It could be out of the past. But what you want to do is you want to bring it back slowly, assuming and giving the person the doubt that your observation is actually incorrect. So you could start the conversation in the sense of you know that in situations where the customer's got a lot of ideas or you're sitting in a meeting and everybody is sharing a lot of ideas, you know that in these situations what really helps is to do a summary so that you can create a common view of what is really happening and what is really going on. How did you do that in the meeting? And this way you can bring open up that situation where you think it could have been better, but you're not criticizing anybody for the performance that they've had. You're just starting to open up on that situation and talk about it. It could be current situation it could be one of the past situations and you allow the other person to go back into their emotional memory and bring back to think about well okay what did I really do there and now comes a very important point because you have two opportunities you have two alternatives it could be that the person remembers oh yeah I, I remember that that phase or they said they might say no i i didn't i didn't remember that i can't recall that situation in both cases you would then want to ask well okay fine but we realize that this can happen oh yes this could happen so what would you do in that situation could be a follow up question and the reason why connecting the situation to a potential behavior becomes so important because part of the reflections, part of the outcome of these reflections is that it's not that you want to criticize and you want to share all the observations that you have made. Part, the main goal of this reflection is that you want to talk about and create an insight around the things that need to improve. However, you don't know whether the person doesn't know doesn't have the knowledge about this point you don't know whether they just missed to connect the knowledge to the situation you don't know whether they are afraid of doing these things you just know that they presumably didn't do it in that situation so you need to figure out which of the three things whether it's the knowledge the skill or the behavior needs to be strengthening so that is why that question 
about, based on that situation, what could you have done, becomes irrelevant. And if the person says, well, I could have said so-and-so, which could, I could have asked the customer, let me do a summary, and I could have summarized based on my notes the next three points. Great, then at least you know that the person knows and has the skill to do this. And the question is only, well, why didn't they? A different point of reflection. Or they might say, no, I, I, uh, I don't know what I would have said in that situation. Then you might conclude for yourself, okay, perhaps we have to look into some more formal practice and training around the knowledge and skills so that they know what to do in these types of situations. Now, before you then conclude that part, you want to take the next step. Now, because now you have an inclination about, okay, is this, was this point just missed or do they need more knowledge and skills? So that is why you can then talk about and ask around, well, why is that then really so important, this point? That is where you can help the person to recognize the alternatives and the impact. And if they don't recognize it, meaning that, no, I, I, I don't know why I would want to do a summary right there. I usually, you know, we have the discussions and the ball goes backwards and forwards like tennis. And um, why should I do a con summary? Then you realize that, okay, it is really the knowledge that is missing. missing. It is not even the skill, but it's really the knowledge. So you do a two-phase of analysis around opening the situation and asking hypothetically what the person would be doing and at a second step connecting it to recognize potential alternatives or the impact onto the onto the conversation like the impact connected to the observation to make sure that the observation that you made is now aligned to the reflection that the person has made and if you follow these steps you realize that actually you're not sharing the reflection at all. You're coaching the person to reflect, but in a guided way, step by step. Which means you're creating a lot of insight in the person around what they did, what was great, because you congratulated around the good behaviors. You open up in situations where you choose to open up because you know it could be better. And you test through the following two steps, whether the people have the knowledge, the skill, or the behavior to do it in the future. Now, you're ready to do the final step because you've expanded the person's view of what happened in that situation. And in this final step, you want to now wrap it all together by going through a very structured coaching process. And I mean coaching process because this is aligned to the coaching technology which everybody learns as a professional coach, which is taking the situation now and letting the people grow their understanding. And that is what I'm going to share you with you in the second half of this power hour where we'll dive into the grow model in detail. And you might ask yourself, but wait a second, I've created all this insight right now. Yes, it is true. With the, when you congratulate on good behaviors, when you open a situation and you recognize alternatives, you have already created a lot of understanding and insight. But it is now a huge ball of yarn and confusion in the other person's head. And this 
final step to expand and grow the understanding is to bring all these ideas onto a tangible, workable plan where they feel motivated and see the benefit and the opportunity to become better. Those, <laughs> that effect is going to be in the second half of this power hour just after a very short break. Are you getting good results from your team? We need to get even better results this year. Perhaps, perhaps you're looking, you're at, looking the results at the results and wondering, and wondering how can I how reach, can I reach my, goals my goals with my team? Maybe, Maybe your team is your not team totally, is not totally convinced, convinced and you're still, and you're still undecided, undecided about what would be the best way to reach the goals. Could it be that not everybody appears to be really involved in the challenges yet? Imagine you could have all the elements that would put you back on track again and you had the confidence that you can get it done. How would you feel? Release the Leader Within is the event that will make that happen. This special event is only for those who have completed the courses Manage Your Core Business Effectively, so make sure you don't miss out. Release the Leader Within is a two-day live event that will accelerate your ability to lead your team to success. You will realize and train your strengths and apply them immediately to overcome your challenges. You will break through from what is holding you back so that you can release the true leader within you and reach your potential as the leader of your team. This very special event will show you step by step how to redesign the key elements of your leadership in your ability to manage your team's process for optimum performance in your leadership skills and the use of your mind and spirit so that your new results are permanent and lasting. So don't miss out to sign up for Release the Leader Within. And for those of you who want to sign up, don't forget Release the Leader Within is June 29 and 30 in Sweden. So welcome back. Let's have a continuation now of the core of, ref of reflections. So remember what those were? One more time, the core of reflections. Congratulate them on good behavior. Create this atmosphere of positivity, of confidence that they're doing the right thing. Choose two or three or four behaviors that you would specifically want to point out because it's good and it improves the impact on the results that you're looking for. Point it out and really make sure you have the have a blast on these things and make sure that the people know that they're doing a really good job. The next thing is open up a situation which you would like to have some improvement on. Bring back the idea of perhaps a current situation that you actually had noted in your observation or previous situation that you find relevant to bring up and create a memory around this situation to see what were the people able to do, what they were capable of doing to understand 
Do they know what they should do? Do they have the skills of doing something? Did they have the behavior? Well, obviously not, otherwise you wouldn't have brought it up. But you want to know which part is really lacking. And to make that two-stage analysis, whether you want to emphasize the knowledge, the skills or the behavior coaching, you would want to check on the alternatives, check if they understand why this behavior, why this scene, this situation was so important and how that impacts the result. And finally, you want to wrap up that that insight, all that emotional ability and confidence and areas where they could improve by expanding and growing their understanding. That are the four steps of the core of reflections. Now, to be able to do that, coaching becomes a very important part. And I know every time I say coaching, everybody's sort of... <gasps> shrugs together. I I cannot do coaching. I haven't had training. But Okay, let's keep it easy. Let's have another look at the key element to make this happen is asking questions. And you might ask yourself, asking questions. Sometimes I don't know what question to ask. Well, let's take a dive into that part to have a look and see, well, what questions could you ask in a situation like that? So perhaps you would like to think about, you know, what what questions are good to ask during coaching or during this reflection phase? I'm quite sure you've had some kind of, you know, training around asking questions. Perhaps you've had some kind of course. You have, perhaps you've been on YouTube and listening to some kind of, you know, structured way of asking questions. So what would you say? What could questions be? Now, let me help you because I want to create a level of understanding that will help you to move forward in this one. Because asking questions, there are a couple of types of questions, categories of questions, which I would like to bring to you, because they will be so powerful you to know. And in fact, if you want to prepare a piece of paper and write those down, that might be the moment, because... I'm not going to share a lot of questions. I'm just going to share an example of a category of question that you can then, of course, adjust in your situation. But I think it is important to understand these categories because depending on where you are in that reflection conversation, different types of these categories, different types of questions will make that conversation, make that reflection really powerful. And when I go through the different categories of questions, you will immediately understand what the impact is going to be. So take a pen of paper or even pause the, the power hour right now and go and find paper so you don't have to go and look for it again um, and rejoin the power hour at 35 minutes in. Great. So let's have a look at the different categories of questions. And you can write down the first category. It's future-focused questions. So what do I mean, future-focused questions? These are questions that, of course, are pointing at the future. They could be questions like, why is that goal so important? They could be in the sense of, um, what effect do you expect? 
these are creating um, an emotional anchor somewhere in the future that this could be important. Other questions, the next category of questions are questions to to um, make you move forward. They're like goal-seeking questions. And goal-seeking questions could be a question like, to be able to achieve your goal, what has to be in place? Or so that you can achieve your goal, what are you going to do? Yeah, these are, these are um, goal-focused questions much more into the present tense, into the next couple of steps, the next couple of weeks or months, less so much into the future. And you can ask questions like these to be able to achieve your goal. What do you want to do? The next category of questions are experience-seeking questions. When you have experience-seeking questions, you would want to create not only the emotional attractiveness of the future, but you also want to create the confidence that you want to, that you can do these things. And that is why sometimes when, when people um, think about the future and think about the steps that they want to take and the goals they want to achieve, they get this feeling, I, I cannot do that because they're focusing too much on the risks and on the pain and not achieving these goals. And they are less focusing on their ability and their experience and their achievements from the past. So that is where experience-seeking questions are very powerful. And a question like that could be, in what other situation have you had the experience of X? And X could be totally related to the goal. So in what, if we take this case around the conversation where the, where the um, uh, discussion was flying about and somebody should be taking a, doing a summary. So in what other situation have you had the experience of doing a summary in front of a group? What tools did you do in that situation? What tools did you use? Did you use a flip chart? Did you use a whiteboard? Did you just sit forward on the table and do these? You see, all of a sudden then the person might have a memory of a lot of abilities and behaviors and actions that they did, that they felt, oh yes, I did all that. I was actually confident. And for the future, I can do that as well. Now, sometimes it happens quite the opposite, that they're not, you know, they're not these positive experiences, but there might be negative experiences. And specifically, in the moment, something might feel very negative and, and challenging. And that is where you, you can ask reframing questions. So what is a reframing question? Well, a reframing question is putting the situation that you have today, putting that way into the future. By, 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 and when you look back on a situation out of the future, you, you suddenly realize this wasn't so bad at all. This was, I learned something there. It was tough in the moment, but it was different. So a question could be like, assuming in a couple of years, all this was behind you. What kind of conclusions and learning could you draw? See what it could do? It allows you to change the perspective and reframe the situation out of the own person's mind. So you might they might feel criticized in the moment because I didn't do this type of summary and they feel uncomfortable in standing up in front of people and doing these types of summaries. And you can ask them, well, assuming now in a couple of years you've done it like in every other meeting, what type of conclusions could you draw out of that? 
And the answer might be, oh, it wasn't so difficult, it wasn't so bad at all, and nobody accused me of being pushy or whatsoever. See, now you're reframing that situation. And it can be very powerful in certain situations. Another category that is really um, good to use are questions, testing questions. Testing questions, testing the desire to do go one way or the other way and it's 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 a it's an alternative question really and it could be that you know coming back to this situation it could be to be able to to do more summaries would you rather prefer to stand up and do them on the board or would you just want to lean forward and and look the other person in the eye and say may i make a summary may i do a summary out of this situation and you're testing which way the person wants wants to lean and then you create a, a, a path to continue your discussion. And it allows, to, it allows to, you know, stop a deadlock somewhere or it stops um, or it gives the, the person a more direct instruction which could be the next move that they could take. Sometimes, however, they're not able to, to see that because they're still full of obstacles and, and excuses why they want to do things and... That is where you can take a question to, to jump obstacles. And that might be different because, or, or new for you, so what, how can I jump an obstacle? Well, exactly. For a moment, think about this. Assuming you, did, you, you, you overcame that issue, what would it be like? Yeah? Assuming you, you overcame the hesitation to do that summary in front of the group. How would that meeting be then instead? That is where you change the perspective of the fear of doing something, putting it into the future where there's the benefit and the pleasure of doing something differently. That is when you jump the obstacle. And all of a sudden the people see, oh, it would be so great to be able to do that. Okay, great. Let's find a way to do it. And you reconnect to the motivation that was at the beginning when you were asking about the future-focused and the emotional and the goal-focused questions. You connect now the obstacle in getting there back to the future where you want to be. Another question type that is extremely important, it is about changing perspective. Because people naturally, like myself or you, you may be seeing things out of your perspective, right? It's, it's obvious. You... If I'm sitting on one side of the table, I see my perspective. And if you're sitting on the other side of the table, you don't see my perspective. You see me instead. You see your perspective. So it might be powerful in certain situations just to ask the question, well, if you were me, what would you do? See what happens? All of a sudden, I'm inviting you to come onto the other side of the table. And I ask you, okay, if you were me for a moment, what would you do? Or you could even ask something that is what we call a circular question, not only changing the perspective from between ourselves, you and me, but taking the perspective right onto the outside. It could be that, you know, you take you take a role model, you take a friend, you take a, um, a manager from the other department and you ask, well, assuming you were, I don't know, assuming you were X, assuming you were... 
it's amazing how in a moment all of the names go blank. You just have images in your face and in your mind and you can't even connect a name to it. Never mind. Assuming you were Sylvester Stallone, what would he say? What would he do in that situation? Yeah. Um, it is very, very similar in changing the perspective. And finally, you want to create the insight. And creating the insight is done by very simply asking, okay, if you were to summarize all this now, what would you say or what would you do? See how that, see how that creates the, um, see how that creates the summary for the person to to collate all the insights that they have, and you know shake all the dust and the confusion around the ideas when you actually ask them if you were to summarize all this now what would you say what would you want to do now there's one question in here which i i recommend that you use very very cautiously and this is a controlling question and a question controlling backwards and these are specifically questions that start with why why did you do x the reason why this is a very cautious question is specifically when it is used in a negative con- context, in a context where something is missing, why didn't you do X can be very destructive because the person cannot change the, cannot change the history, cannot change the past. So the only answers you're going to get is our defensive ones. And they don't help you in that conversation. They don't help you in that atmosphere that you want to create. So how can I really grow my people now? That is the next big question. And this is where we have a tool that we can look at in detail, which you're going to use and practice a lot in the future, because it gives you the structure out of this situation where all the ideas are floating around and the people have an impression of what they're doing well and where they could improve and connecting to previous situations. And you would like to grow their ambition for the future. The GROW model is a very structured model which is being used by professional coaches around the world, which has been trained by many coaching institutions. And it allows you to have this structured approach so that you know, just like a sales conversation, really, you have a process in place where you know, okay, first I'm going to do this section, then I'm going to move on to another section, and then I'm going to move on to the third. And hey, you know what? I'm quite sure you can use this in sales as well. But that's just a little secret between you and me. Anyway, let's have a look at the elements of the GROW model. And I'm going to talk you through a couple of questions so that you can have a feeling how this works. And finally, I you know I really recommend this is something you should be practicing so that you understand in which phase you are and which questions belong to that phase. That is how you can guide the people to grow and grow their motivation to act. Because that is the final stage, right? That the people have the motivation to do something. So let's have a look. First of all, you want to imagine how things could be. And you could, you could, you know, you could ask questions like, imagine you're celebrating the success of this. 
Yeah, everything that you have been talking about in the past, all the ideas in that meeting or around the reflections, what they're doing well and where they could improve and the situations that you have been opening up on. And they say, imagine you are celebrating this in the future in a couple of months. How would that feel? Yeah, what could you picture? What could success look like? What is happening? These could be, these could be questions future-oriented emotional questions recognize that category yeah looking back at what were the key things that help you get there these are questions that will help you sort things help them sort things out as to you know taking the first the first approach and getting this clutter of stuff in an organized way rather than just popping it at them saying okay what's your goal now that is actually the next phase because once you've started gradually to imagine what it could be like in the future, sort of looking forward through the fog, so what is really the goal now? Define a goal that matters. And I don't mean you define it. I mean, let them define a goal. And questions could be like goal-seeking questions. In order to realize this vision, what do you need to achieve? How can you measure the progress? How will you know that you've achieved these goals? These are very important questions that you want to have out there that you want to have answered so that the feeling so that people can create a more tangible goal which is not only a number oh i want to grow sales by 10 percent no no i yeah great but how yeah what do you need to to achieve to be able to grow by 10 percent how do you measure the progress that you are growing how do you know that you're achieving those changes that will make that happen these are questions that will determine exactly what the goal is. The next thing in the grow and the I grow model is um, is the R. That is where you take another look at the reality because now you've defined where you want to be and now you want to bring them back to reality, saying where are you right now? Yeah. So you want to you can ask them describe what is the situation right now? What is working? What is what is what needs work? What is what are the opportunities? What is getting in the way? What is the gap between your goal and where you are today? How, how could you bridge those gaps? These are questions that are creating a clearer view of the reality and how they really impact the, the goal and the journey towards the goal. And the more you expand on the reality, the more you have then a, a clearer view of okay, what is really going to happen now? Because that is after the reality. That is where you want to funnel down into a couple of options and take a closer look at what is really available there. What are the options? Which is the O in the GROW model, right? So what could you do differently? What could move you forward? Who could help you? These are questions that that will define key options. What is most important to change right now is another one which help the person to, to decide, to clarify in their brain, okay, what is the key thing I can do right now? And finally, the, the W in the GROW model is really testing and checking and ensuring that there's the willingness to act. Yeah, Because you're talking about the goals, you're talking about the reality where they are today, you're talking about the options to move forward to close that gap, and it everything just falls flat if there's no willingness. So that phase of the willingness is really the checkpoint where you want to make sure that the people want to do this. Yeah. 
So that is why questions like, well, what steps will you take right now? What is the first thing you will do? And, and even grading the willingness, how willing are you to do this right now on a scale of 1 to 10? Or perhaps you might even throw in a question, okay, what can you share with me when things move forward? And what is important in this phase that if you feel that there is a hesitation in the willingness, then perhaps you want to step back again and start over because it could be that either you've been moving too quickly through the process of you know creating this image of the goals and understanding the reality that they they're still hesitant or it is still unclear to them which is the same uh, same effect so you want to start over and say, well, okay, I can, uh, and, and, a, and a phrase to start over could be something like, okay, I understand that you're a little hesitant right now. Because everybody's hesitant when they start on a new journey and they don't know whether they should take the left foot or the right foot forward. I, I, I get it. But let's, let's go back again. What is, what is really the image then around this? Why is that important? What is really the goal? Do you really want to achieve? Is that the best goal that you want to achieve? Where's the reality then in this? Where, where do you stand right now? And what is it that would get you forward? And how big would the impact be of doing that? What is holding you back? Yeah, the balance between the pleasure of gaining the benefit versus the pain of struggling with something new. If you can change that balance by using the different categories of questions like reframing, like um, putting yourself into the future and assuming what would happen and these types of questions, you can change the balance between the pleasure and the pain, which will then increase the willingness to really do something differently. And that is the point where the coach, the coach's talent and experience plays a role. And that is why it's so important to, to see First of all, where is your coachee? Where is your person on the other side of the table in the coaching process? And then see, okay, what do they need right now? Do they need more clarity around the goals? Do you want to understand the reality? Do you want to understand the options to move forward? Do you have to change the balance, the emotional balance to, to get more willingness? That is where your practice comes in. In the end, we all want this coaching dialogue to go through in uh, an atmosphere of positivity because that is really what coaching is about because coaching is about creating the positivity in the need to change. It is not a burden because it comes out of the willingness of the individual wanting to make that change, wanting to do things that they have not really done before and are doing for the first time. And it might feel uncomfortable. So the more positivity in the need to change, the more of that you can create, the more willingness you're creating in your team and in your people to make it really happen for the future. So that is the, the final word for today. Create that positivity and I would like to round off with a summary around the planning of what we're doing right, right here, just to put into context again this power hour around the reflections because the power hour is all around the four steps to to a better work blueprint and the first step of course is creating a workshop to discover your way of working where you are right now in relationship to a blueprint 
because that is where you do the observations, which is the O in the work blueprint. O stands for observations, and that is where you want to be best at it. And today we were talking about the reflections, the R in the work blueprint, because you, out of the reflections, you want to let them grow and take initiatives. And the next power hour is going to be about the key steps where we actually take all the reflections that the team has and close the gap and put actions into place so that you can move forward with your team. This was the Power Hour with me, Coach Colin, the skipper to your leadership. And if you found something interesting during this Power Hour, why not just go over, press like, or even share it with one of your peers, because we all want to be better. And it is very rewarding to see other people getting better around us. And if you have any questions about this Power Hour or around leading your team to success, just private message me, text me, get in touch with me on Facebook or send me an email. Because always remember, I am Coach Colin and I am here to help you master your leadership.